fellow leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jordan. Now, most of our listeners are leaders in one way or another. We all come to leadership in our own unique way. Some were born leaders. Some developed leadership skills early on. Some looked around, realized they're leading, and thought, how did this happen? Leadership is a journey. There's a starting point. There are times of growth and times of change. No matter how you started your leadership journey, you can always develop your skills, your influence on those around you further. There are basic phases to leadership. First is the foundation. How did you start? What did you bring into your position of influence from the beginning? It's not just book knowledge, it's the experiences you bring. Think about these things and how they influence your leadership. Consider your family heritage, your relatives and friends, the political and historical events surrounding you. What is special about the culture you grew up in? Political, historic, familial, societal cultures. Consider your personality traits as well. Your birth order, your siblings, your passions and preferences, strengths, weaknesses, good and bad. Those things at your foundation make you keenly aware of issues in the people around you. You can spot things, good and bad, because you've lived them. These foundations make you empathetic, more passionate in some cases. It's all that plus book knowledge. It's all of those things that work together to bring you to this place on your journey. You act a certain way, you respond in specific ways because of these foundations. Now the second is the growth phase. There's the new leader full of excitement and ready to get going, excited about what's to come. And then there's the mature leader where things might slow down as you grow and you can focus on where God is using your particular skill. You become more patient, willing to wait for results because you've figured out that those results can be more life-altering and significant. You also start to understand that your first plan may not work and you are more willing to make adjustments. You learn from what works and what doesn't. The next phase is the encouragement phase. You start to bring on others. You can't do it all, so you encourage others to join you. It's not just succession or lining up the next person to take your spot. It's about empowering other people. It's about encouraging them in their own journey. Then the last phase is the end phase. Every leader eventually leaves. She ends well because she's journeyed well up to that point. Just about anybody can make something look good for a time, but it's what it looks like after you're gone that will be the real indicator of your leadership success. Now in this podcast series that we're calling The Leadership Journey, I talk to some of my friends and co-leaders at MOPS about their path, where they started as leaders, what they've learned and how they've changed and adjusted their styles as they've moved through leadership. Today I'm talking to Laurie and Andrea. So let's listen in. I am excited to introduce our guest with you today. I am inviting Laurie Jarvis into a conversation about her leadership journey and what it looks like, where it all started and where it's going now. And so Laurie, thank you for being here with us today. 
I am really excited to be here and I get to talk to my friend Kelly. So it's going to be good. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. Now, Laurie is an executive leadership coach at MOPS. And so she supports leaders like you one-on-one -on -one, um, all the time. So she's talking with leaders all the time. She gets MOPS leadership in a really unique way. And so that's why I'm excited to have you here. So Laurie, why don't you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, okay, so I live in Jacksonville, Florida, which is, you know, a lot of people don't know where Jacksonville is. It is two hours away from Disney World in Orlando, nice. Florida. And um, I have been a part of MOP since 2013, and it's been a cool journey. Um, I started off like most people where I just enjoyed coming to the meetings and then asked to do other different roles. And then finally, I get the opportunity to be an executive leadership coach. And a cool thing is, is um, my husband and I, we own a restaurant here in Jacksonville, Florida. So I get to do that as well. And I have two boys. I always I have two amazing boys, Alexander, who is six and Sebastian, who are eight. And um, they are just having a good time playing baseball right now. And it's cool to watch them. Yeah. And I've seen some videos of your boys, a lot of energy there. A lot of personality in those two little bodies. Lots of personality. It doesn't, it doesn't get dull. It's like, it's fun to watch them because at one point they're loving each other. And at the next point, they're like, uh, like throat dropping each other. And I'm the only child. So I'm learning that this is normal and, you know, it's just part of the process. <laughs> right. Right. Now go ahead and tell us, tell us the name of your restaurant. Okay. So uh, the name of our restaurant is Cool Moose Cafe. And people always say, so why do you call it Cool Moose? And it's because my husband is from New England. And so the state animal is obviously the moose. And it's just a breakfast and lunch. And it's just got a cool little vibe to it. Great. And it's in Jacksonville, right? And it's in Jacksonville. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks for telling us a little bit about you. Now, I have just a few questions that I wanted to ask you. So let's start with this one. At what point did you first think of yourself as a leader? Uh, so Kelly, you're going to be shocked because it was funny. I was like thinking about this. I was like, when did I think of myself as a leader? And if I was honest with myself, it really took up until uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago when Mops invited me into this role. And it's quite interesting because God has put me in different roles where I've been a cheerleading captain and I even got to cheer in the NFL as a captain. And that was pretty cool. And I still didn't see myself as a leader and I own a business and I still didn't see myself as a leader. In fact, I had this like imposter and I've heard other people talk about this. So it brought me some comfort that I'm not the only one um, like struggling with this where I'm like, why do people keep picking me or why do I find myself in these roles? They're going to find out that I'm a fake, like I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not enough. And that's quite interesting that I buy into that false narrative and I'm still able to walk out being a leader. But this is actually the first time that I actually feel like I'm a leader because I had the opportunity to break down really what leadership is. And I was buying into the fact that leadership was something that really truly wasn't what I believed it was. Wow. So do you still struggle with that even now with that whole imposter idea? Are there days when you get up and you're in the middle of leading and you think, oh, this isn't me or what am I doing here? 
Yeah, I still I still struggle with it, but then I've like switched the flip. It's not that I'm an imposter. It's the fact that I've realized that being a leader is you're always evolving and you're learning. So you're not going to have a grip on anything. You're going to be learning every single day. And so I had to let go of the fact that there's this thing that all leaders know all things. All leaders can show up super well. All leaders are not vulnerable. And that's just not true. In fact, leaders are very, well, my style, I should say, are very collaborative. They're they're inquisitive. They want to learn. They have a thirst and they know that they're, um, they're always evolving. And I had to realize that that's really what leadership is. And so then I was like, I'm not an imposter. I'm someone that's willing to be open and teachable um, while I still am serving and having to make decisions and having to, um, you know, serve other people in this role. That's, that is such a huge misconception that I think a lot of leaders have is that the leader has to know everything. And I, I think that's great. If you can let go of that unrealistic expectation, you can lead better. So you already mentioned this a little bit, but what kind of a leader would you say you are? How would you describe your leadership style? So my leadership style is, I would say that I'm really comfortable in this coaching style where I am very blessed to be able to see areas where people are strong at really quickly. And then areas where I'm like, okay, if we have a goal and I'm like, where are we, where are we weak as a team? Where are we, where areas we need to develop? And then I have the opportunity to be able to like strategize it really quick and like try to motivate, like, like be like, you can do this. Like we can do this. It might be hard, but I promise you, if we just like buy into this, we're going to finish um, super well. And so that's just been something that comes natural to me. Um, and um, I, I enjoy staying in that style. But I've also learned <laughs> that in a moment, like in a day, I can have other different styles like throughout the day, depending on what is coming at me. That's been interesting to see um, me go into that journey of leadership as well. Well, and I would think that in your role as a coach, someone who works one-on-one -on -one and sometimes in a group of women, you have to pull uh, out different strengths at different times. Um, in order to support others. I, I love one of my favorite things to do as a leader is to look at somebody and say, yes, you can do this right. and let's do it together. So I think that's just a great opportunity that we get in MOPS is to be able to encourage others to step into something that they may feel completely unprepared for and get to cheer them on. So I think that's great. Now, has there been a time when you felt like your leadership style or your leadership focus really shifted. Um, tell us about a time and kind of what brought about the shift and how you handled it. I can tell you that I see my leadership style shifting whenever there's challenges that happen. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a really cool part of leadership because it's like it's easy when you're coasting. It's easy when you're doing the normal day to day things and you don't have to be challenged in that way. But like, let's just say, like, for instance, you know, we run a restaurant down here and it's like we sometimes have to make quick decisions on the fly because it's an emergency situation. 
And I'm a processor, but I'm not able to be a processor in that situation. And I have to be comfortable with, okay, here's what you have and you need to make a decision at this point in time. Um, and then I will have to adapt to being a collaborative person where I have to evolve my team and say, hey, tell me like, what's going on with our customers? What are you hearing from them? What do you think we can do to make this process better? And it's like all within a day's time of being one that's like, okay, I have to put out a fire and make a quick decision to now I need to be collaborative with my team and I want to hear from them to being a person of coaching those that are new on our team and telling them like, I, I believe that you can make this happen and you're a good team member. And that's like all in a day's time <laughs> with the challenges right. that come with it, right? That's another indication of a good leader is that you're able, first of all, you know that you have to keep learning, that you don't know all the answers and that you have to shift a little bit here and there based on your team and based on the circumstance. I think sometimes people step into leadership and think this is the way it's going to be, or this is the way the person before me did it. And so this is the way I must do it. And that's just not how leadership works. Right. I'm a really like, I'm a huge advocate for people being their authentic self. Um, I just am like, do not operate in this um, place of comparison um, and be like, okay, they did it this way. So that means that this is the only way we can do it. I'm like, no, please think outside of the box because we, we need your gifts. We need your talents. We need how you think to help this um, process evolve and get better and continue to be fresh and have new ideas. And so I just encourage women, like, it's like, don't ever buy into that where you're just like, I have to do what the previous leader did, or I won't be liked, or this won't work. It's just, it's just not true. It's not true. Mm -hmm. That's a great message. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our leaders that are listening in on our conversation today? Okay, so I'll operate from my uh, encourage encouragement style. And I just want to encourage some <laughs> leaders. Here are a couple of things. I want to encourage leaders to, like I said, be your authentic self. I want to also encourage you to remember that this is truly a journey. Like you are going to look back and see how you've matured and how you responded differently and how you've thought differently um, over the years and give yourself grace if you mess up. Like we all do. No one's perfect. And it's really cool to be able to have the opportunity to reflect back, then give yourself grace and say, this is how I'll do it the next time. And even if you fail at that, then you just get back up and you do it again. And then I just want you to just have a desire for wisdom and put yourself around people. If you see them doing it and you see them doing it well, don't be afraid to ask them how, and if you can sit underneath them, underneath mentorship, we do that all the time here at Mops, but like we forget how important having someone that's gone before us, even if they're our age um, and asking them those questions and digging deep and seeing what they're doing um, and not being ashamed to ask that because we're all learning. And like I said, we're all evolving. You are such an encouragement to me. And I know that you are an encouragement to our leaders that are listening. So thank you so much for being with me for a little bit today, Laurie. I appreciate your words of wisdom. It was a pleasure. And I just, I just love you friends. In that conversation with Laurie, you heard those phases of leadership, right? How she discovered she'd been leading all along, how she embraced that and started learning and growing in her style, and even how she uses her influence to encourage everyone around her. Now, let's jump to our next conversation.
I'm so excited to continue our conversation about our leadership journey. And I'm getting ready to talk to Andrea Fortenberry. Andrea is an executive leadership coach at Mox International. And Andrea, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Kelly. This is fun. I'm excited to get to chat with you. Well, why don't you tell me first a little bit about yourself? Who is Andrea? Sure. I'm a hot mess some days, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mom of a teenager officially, which is so strange. So my daughter's 13 and I have a son who is 10 and my husband and I have been married for 17 years. That seems crazy too. We were joking yesterday that our marriage will soon be old enough to be a legal adult <laughs> when we hit that <laughs> the 18 uh, year mark. But I, yes, yeah, so I'm a mom, I'm a wife. We live outside of Phoenix, Arizona. I write, I speak, I have a podcast and I work at MOP. So I, I get to do a lot of things that I love. So I'm super blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, I am a fan of your podcast. Tell our listeners the name of your podcast and how they can find it. Awesome. So it's the perfectionist guide to mothering. And it's all about how we as moms can learn to to let go of our perfectionism because perfectionism and motherhood are not a good combo. And so it's really just about how can we rely on God and remember that we don't have to be perfect, that he's with us in our imperfections. And you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can go to my website, andreafortenberry.com, and there's a tab there where you can listen right, right on the web. Great. Thank you. Well, today we're talking a little bit about our leadership journey. So let me start by asking you this question. When did you first think of yourself as a leader? I think it would be like freshman year of high school. I remember, you know, you get to high school, there's all these clubs and activities and they were accepting applications for class leadership. So I applied, I was like class treasurer that first year, and then I ended up being class president the last two years. I was editor of the paper. I was in leadership in student council and on our society. You were one of of those girls in high school. I was. I get it. I feel you. I was one of those too. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I just loved leading things and having, I guess, knowing that I could make an impact with leading people or making decisions. I'm a very strategic person. Like I, as I took the strength finder a couple years ago, that's my top skill is, is being strategic. So I can see looking back how even in that leadership time of high school that, that I was using that gift, even though I maybe didn't, didn't realize it at the time. So yeah, I just, I took on a lot of roles in leadership and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now, you may have already answered part of this question, but you can elaborate a little bit. What kind of a leader would you say you are? How would you describe it? You use the word strategic. How else would you describe your style? Yeah, so definitely strategic, but also relational. I really care about people, and I've just learned more and more over the years that we can really have great leadership influence when we know and care about the people that we're leading. So if we're just someone who's leading, like dictating orders and telling people what to do, they may not really want to follow us because they don't know that we care about them. But so I really love choosing instead to get to know the people that I'm leading and what's going on in their life because our personal lives affect how we 
lead or how we perform in a volunteer role or our job or things that our kids school, whatever that looks like, it all it all flows together. So I think when we know people on a deep level and care about them, that then they really will care about us and want to follow us. That's a good combo, that strategic and relationship driven, because being strategic can be so strong sometimes that you forget about the relationship part. So it's nice to have a little focus on both of those. Yes. And I can see over the years where that has been a little tricky for me, especially in terms of being a mom, that sometimes I'm like so focused on tasks and what we need to get done that sometimes I forget about the feelings of my little people. And so I've had to kind of learn the hard way through some of that. Right. Well, has there been a time in your journey that you felt like your leadership style or your leadership focus had to shift? Yes. So, you know, I mentioned like high school, I was this achiever in college, similar. I worked really hard on my studies. I was on this student paper and in a sorority and on leadership and all of that. And then I get to my first couple jobs out of college and I just, I, I really felt confident. And even though maybe I'm not the top, you know, person at the company or what have you, I still have some influence and and just the ability to be a good worker, employee, and a leader. But then when I had my kids and started staying home full time, I think I really had a little bit of an identity crisis, which I think is very common for a lot of moms that now you're a mom. And I just took that on as like, I'm a mom and nothing else. And even though I was involved in women's ministry at our church, I think I just really forgot that I was a leader. I forgot that I had influence and impact even though I was in this new season and a new role as a mom. And it really took being at MOPS and my, you know, we finished our first year and our coordinator came over and tapped me on the shoulder and she said, hey, I would really love for you to join leadership because I I just see that you would be great at leading our devotions and you could be our prayer and care person. And so it was really that tap on the shoulder that reminded me, oh, I I am a leader, even though I'm a mom and I'm mainly leading little people, not adults in a work environment or even adults at church. Like I, I am leading my family and that's really important, I think, for moms to know. Again, I think we so often feel that identity crisis and like we're a mom and nothing else. But the truth is, we are moms, but we are still us and we still have gifts and influence and impact to offer the world. And a lot of that means we do it at home, but we we need to, to remember that that is a really special place for us to lead. And as we have opportunity, we lead other in other ways as well, whether that's we greet at church or we um, are involved, you know, in ministry, like we have MOPS leaders listening, like whatever capacity, whatever opportunities God puts in our life, like we have the opportunity to be a leader there, even if our audience is different, the people following us is different, or even if we're not in charge. I think sometimes we think of leadership as, oh, I'm not the CEO, I'm not the president, I'm not the women's director, so I'm not a leader. But that's not true because leadership is really influence and we all have influence over people in our lives. 
Right. And sometimes your circle changes because that's what happened. Your your circle of influence shifted a lot to right. the little people in your house. Uh, probably the most important little circle of influence you have are right. the people within your house. It's one of the things I love so much about MOPS is that it does help remind people that um, what you do really matters and has lasting impact. And that's leadership. That's what it is. Right. Absolutely. So, is there uh, anything else that you would like to share either about your leadership or just some word of encouragement you would like to share with the leaders that might be listening today? We need to remember as moms that that we are leaders and that just because we are moms doesn't mean that we don't have a voice or that our decisions don't matter or that this work we're doing with our kids, that it's not leadership. It, it truly is and it's a great blessing and opportunity for us and and also just the encouragement that there are different seasons to life so even right now if you feel like i'm stuck in my house with my little people and i want to go out and be leading a ministry or leading a company but right now i'm in this place and i'm stuck I just want to encourage you that that those seasons that we're in or those waiting seasons are often just the greatest place for us to grow our intimacy with God and then also to be growing in the meantime. So we can be reading books, we can be listening to podcasts like this podcast, we can be watching videos or taking courses where we're learning about the things that we hope to be doing in leadership down the road and not to rush the seasons of our lives, to really just be where our feet are in our current season and then just trust God for what the future will look like in our life and in our leadership. I think that is a great way to wrap up the conversation to just say, you know, be where your feet are. That's a great phrase. Be where your feet are. So thank you so much, Andrea, for encouraging us and for sharing us with us a little bit about you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for listening in to this first episode of our Leadership Journey series. We'll be back in a few weeks with two more interviews. But remember this, no matter where you are on your journey, be confident in this one thing. As Philippians 1.6 says, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Leaders, we are declaring this to be the year of friendship, courage, and purpose. Friendships where we aggressively believe in each other, we pray for each other, and we believe the other deserves the world. That is what we do at Mobs. And if you're ready for a community like this, then you belong here. Your best days are ahead of you, and we're gonna be here cheering you on. And what you can't do alone, we can and will do together.